Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 136 of Let's Go Racing with David Stark. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, going to be joined by Grant Infinger, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series driver, as we will get his perspective on his plans for 2024, his new team that he's with, and look back on his uh, very good season he had in the Truck Series, picking up three wins, finishing second in the points. Great chat coming up with Grant, coming up in just a little while from right now. Plus, we'll have our News and Notes segment with a look at the top headlines around the sport, and then uh, our mailbag segment at the end of today's show. David out this week, uh, a little under the weather, but uh, don't worry, he'll be back soon. Uh, Dominic Aragon and I holding things down uh, this week. Dominic, how we doing? Uh, Happy New Year to you, man. Yes, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, the whole bit. Happy to, to be back with you guys, and yeah, doing really, really good. Everything's good on the home front. Everything is good on the, the, the book stuff. I'll have to share more on that later, too. But we're getting just ever so closer on having that thing out, man. It's going to be really cool to, to finally have Jeff Bodine's autobiography out. You guys have heard me talking about this for two and a half years. I promise. We've been working on it. It's done. It's with the publisher. It's it's all in their hands. It should have it ready by Daytona. Speaking of Daytona, uh, Dom, we're recording this here at the very beginning of January, just after the new year. And... I got to tell you, Daytona is going to come so fast. After that new year hits, the countdown to Daytona is on. Um, you know, we'll have the clash, of course, before the Super Bowl. You're going to be out there. And then Daytona is, is right after the Super Bowl. Uh, everybody, this is, you know, they had nice holidays and everything. Now it's it's go time at this point. Everybody's counting down to Daytona and, and ready to go. Well, the start of the season is just around the corner. And there's, I think, two off seasons in the Cup Series. And, of course, Xfinity and Truck have a little bit more. But, it is a grind. It's like summer break when you were in school as a kid and you're just counting down those weeks and they become days until you actually begin your school year again or your season again. Summer break, or in their case, winter break, is almost done. The new start of everything is just upon us. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I know that we have plenty of time in the, the coming weeks to talk about 2024 and get ready for that, but just, just at this point already, Dom, what, what are you excited about, about 2024 on the NASCAR side of things? What's got your attention heading into this year? Now, I think just seeing the cars hit the track in Daytona is going to be fun from the first practices. Yeah, we'll get a taste of it at the Coliseum, but all three seasons or all three series kicking off their seasons in Daytona is going to be pretty special. And like, I'm curious to, to hear what Grant's going to have to say about their team and, and CR7 and Got some really good things coming out of that, Tyler. I mean, you have Grant going from a championship-winning team at GMS to virtually taking a chance on himself here with this this nine team. But they have a history. I'm looking forward to storylines like that. Lane Riggs in the 38, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago. To even the Cup Series thing, seeing how somebody like Carson Hosovar is going to do in the Cup Series. Zane Smith, some of these guys that are just moving up and getting promoted. It's going to be really cool to follow them throughout the year. Two things for me stand out uh, heading into 2024. One is... Stuart Haas racing in the post-Kevin Harvick era. Um, expectations, if we're going to be honest, are pretty low for Stuart Haas racing. Coming off a disappointing season where they did not score a single win, even with Harvick in the race car, you got these young drivers who are very unproven at this point um, with performance not great at the moment. Can Stuart Haas racing rebound and bounce back Um Saw the post uh, on social media a, a day or so ago where that team's kind of embracing a chip on their shoulder, something to prove of sorts. I'm going to be very intrigued to see what Stuart Hollis Racing does this year. And then the other thing I'm excited about, 
Iowa being added to the schedule uh, this year. I know we wanted Montreal, and hopefully Montreal uh, or a race in Canada gets on the schedule next year someday. But Iowa Speedway, fun track, uh, great track record of what they've done in IndyCar, the Xfinity Series, the Truck Series, and to see that fan base rewarded. And folks in the Midwest, we've seen NASCAR really just hone in on racing in the Midwest with the two races at Kansas Speedway, St. Louis, the Chicago Street Race, uh, now going to Iowa Speedway. Uh, NASCAR's obviously going hard at that Midwest market, and I think they're going to like the product they see at Iowa Speedway. Those are the two things that got my attention in 2024, Dom. Well, the Stuart Haas thing, it's like when Hendrick was rebuilding. We talked about this on the last show. I think there's a really good opportunity here for Stuart Haas to build for the future. You have Josh Berry, who's proven himself. He can get it done in good equipment. He's got Rodney Childers leading that team. And you know how good of a crew chief he is working with the likes of Kevin Harvick, Scott Riggs, David Rudiman, friends of the show. And just seeing that, okay, there's a combined one points awarding victory among the four drivers in the Cup Series. Granted, Jimmy Johnson had his 83 wins, but 2018 rolled around, Tyler. You had an unproven Chase Elliott with zero wins. Alex Bowman with zero wins. Rookie of the year candidate William Byron with zero victories to his name and no Cup Series starts for that matter as well. Kind of gives me that vibe. Six years later, we're seeing a complete rebuild of a championship-winning organization with a lot of drivers who have not won, but only time will tell. And then on the Iowa Speedway thing, my, go ahead, go ahead. My counterpoint, though, to play devil's advocate, Dom, the track record of those Hendrick drivers of what they'd done in other series was way more impressive than the track record of these Stuart Haas drivers right now. That's a fair point. Josh Berry didn't win an Xfinity Series title like William Byron did. Ryan Preece, he has shown flashes of excellence, and we know he's a great modified racer, but we're talking the big leagues, and he's won a few truck races and a little bit in Xfinity. Like, everybody knew Chase Elliott was going to be a superstar. We all knew that, too, about Chase, yeah. So it, it, it's hard. Chase Briscoe. There's no one in that Stuart Haas field that you say it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to be a superstar in this sport. Well, of all those drivers, if we're going off past records, Chase Briscoe and Noah Gregson. Great in the lower ranks of the NASCAR, the Truck Series, Xfinity, and K&N, ARCA, all of that, but largely unproven. And then to your point on Iowa, you're right. The Midwest has been seeking some, some good fans, some good racing, and they, and they have the fan base for it. We see Kansas Speedway with two races a year. We've been to those races. We see the fans come out in droves at Kansas Speedway, even that year of the pandemic. It was sold out to capacity of what they would allow at that time. The fans are all in for Iowa to have that race date you know those fans are going to really, really cherish that day. They're not going to take it for granted either. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, we'll uh, bring in Grant Enfinger coming up in uh, just a moment. We'll have our uh, news and notes segment. We'll also have our mailbag. All, all that more here, right here on Let's Go Racing. All right, let's go ahead and uh, bring in our guest this week, Dominic. Uh, this guy has been quite the wheel man with a lot of success in the uh, NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. Absolutely. We're talking a 10-time winner, very close to winning the title in Phoenix in November. He's going to be racing the number nine truck next year in the 2024 season in the Craftsman Truck Series. 10-time winner, somebody who's won a lot of races in ARCA, has a, has a deep history with who he's going to be partnering with in 24, and we look forward to hearing more on how that deal came together. But we reached out to Grant just before the new year, and, and he said, yeah, I'd be happy to come on the show with you guys. So thanks for coming on with us this week on Let's Go Racing. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to uh, talking to you all guys for a little bit. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get on 24 and, and what you're going to be doing this upcoming season, take us back to the beginning. We know you're from Alabama. We know racing runs really deep with you. Where did it all start? As, as David would say to all our guests, do you have a dad? Do you have an uncle? How did you get your start, your passion, your love for racing? Man, I, I got my passion and love for racing, I guess, from my dad. Um, he wasn't a racer himself. He was a race fan. Uh, we go to Talladega every year. He, he had a client that raced at the local tracks there at, at Mobile and, and uh, L.A. Raceway, which is a lower Alabama raceway. Um, but, but yeah, it just uh, started there. Just, uh, it, you know, following him to, to the tracks and uh, wore him out for, for four or five years about getting a go-kart. And uh, when I turned 11, he, uh, my dad bought me a go-kart. We, we raced together. Uh, he's one of those guys. He has just supported me uh, every step along the way. But uh, still, to this day, he doesn't understand racing. He doesn't understand um, the the mechanic side of things. He doesn't understand the business side of things. He's still just a race fan at heart. So it's uh, it's fun to to kind of have that relationship with him. And um, you know, it's I think it's different than you know some some guys that their, their dads were crew chiefs for him or they they help them. You know the putting deals together and stuff like that. And uh, my, my dad's always supported me, uh, but but really <laughs> at the end of the day, he, he's he's just been a race fan and, it, and it's been very enjoyable. But, but yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Uh, Go-karts were, were something we did for fun. Um, I enjoyed it, I always took it serious, but but it was more of a for fun um, deal. And, and when we started racing Legends cars, uh, that was about age 15 or so. Uh, that's when I decided, hey, I want to make a career out of this. Uh, I want to, I want to pursue this as, as as hard as I can, as as far as I can. Um, and so, so I did. And I, and yeah, it's, it's a a long, hard road getting getting to some fully funded um, equipment, and 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 very, very proud to to kind of have have done it somewhat the the hard way. But but uh, went went Legends cars, and then went late models, and and did that regionally around the southeast. And then as soon as I graduated college, I moved to North Carolina and uh, worked on some teams, uh, starting parked some cars and and um, got got some opportunities and, and ultimately got in some some really good rides over the last eight or 10 years. And um, been been very, very blessed to to live my dreams and, and be able to uh, to to win quite a few races along the way. So you said at 15 that you realized that you wanted to make a career out of it. What was that first moment, maybe that first breakthrough moment or aha moment that, hey, I can make a career out of this? I think in go-karts, we just struggled so much. It, it was it was still enjoyable. It's fun. But neither me nor my dad knew anything about, you know, racing in general. Um, we did have guys that would help us every once in a while. But it was it was we were in way over our heads. And um, so for me, it was a little bit of a struggle just trying to you know, figure out things. Um, when, when I, I guess somewhere around that, that time frame when I went to Legends Cars and kind of, I started kind of taking ownership and, you know, the setting up and the, and the preparing of the vehicles and stuff. Um, and then started winning quite a few races and realized, hey, you know, I feel like I could be successful doing this. It's something I really, really enjoy. It's something I have a passion for. Something that, you know, you, you, you work all, all night and all day and, you just want to do it again, um, so so that that's the the only time I've I've experienced anything like that, and um, I'm one of those people that I, I'm still, you know, living my dream. So um, I enjoy this stuff. I love this stuff. Um, I really love and I'm passionate about 
the driving part. That's that's my favorite part of racing. But I'm one of those guys that you know I I want to I want to do what it takes to to make make it successful however it takes. So um, a lot of times that's not driving, but but I've been fortunate enough to to be in good situations here. Um, like I said, the the last eight or ten years to where I have been able to to focus on on being a driver and um, optimizing that as well. Grant, uh, with being the the big racing fan you were growing up and everything, who were, who were some of the guys that you grew up rooting for? Who were some of your heroes uh, in the sport, uh, Grant? Well, I, I, you know, being from Alabama, um, you know, originally that was that was Davy Allison. Um, that was kind of the 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 era, and um, you know. I, I I wasn't too old um, when when he passed away, but but I, I had seen him race at, at Talladega, and that that was kind of uh, my childhood hero in in the in the racing scheme of things. And um, you know there there were so many uh, growing up, and, and so many that, that I've that I've had the opportunity to to race with. But but that that was the first one, you know. And, and being from Alabama, that was uh, the Allisons are were always always special to us. And um, you know over over the years had had. Uh, you know, opportunity to, to form a relationship with with Bobby and Donnie and and those guys, and uh, yeah, that that's that's definitely definitely where it started. Very that's cool. Awesome. Well, they say there's a there's an old country song, Tyler. I don't know if you've heard it. It's a it's a NASCAR. It's a little bit of a parody song, and it talks about the '90s guys. And, and one of the lines is, "I was born in Talladega, up in the stands." I mean, you, you've been a very young fan since, since the very beginning up there in those stands, Grant. Yeah, definitely. You know, and um, it, it's something that. That I still enjoy is a race fan going going to these races, um, but yeah, that that's truly how it how it started for for uh, for me. Uh, my dad, his buddies, they, they'd always get in a, a Greyhound bus and and go up there and and tailgate in, in the parking lot at Talladega, and, and uh, you know I was I was fortunate enough to, to be able to tag along and and uh, you know that that fire started burning early and I and it hadn't stopped yet. That's great. We're joined by Grant Enfinger here on Let's Go Racing this week uh, of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Grant, uh, tell me about the, your your time in the the Truck Series and what you've done. I mean, we mentioned ten wins. You've raced for a few different teams. What's what's been the experience like of competing at uh, in in the Truck Series the last several years, man? Yeah, honestly, the Truck Series is tough. Uh, I'd say it's it's one of the most competitive series out there, especially the, the last few years. feel like there's there's 20 teams that are fully funded, have everything it takes to, to win races. And, um, you know, it started uh, back when I was racing ARCA. Any opportunity I get, I, I just try to race. Um, so I had some opportunities to, to run some one-off races here and there, um, starting probably 2010, somewhere around there. Um, and then uh, we won the ARCA Series Championship with GMS Racing in 2015. Uh, the following year, I was able to, to run seven or eight races there in the Truck Series and, and uh, able to get that, that breakthrough win at Talladega at the home track, which was um, unbelievable. It's still, um, you know, one of, one of the biggest wins of, of my career. Um, just very, very special to do to, to that uh, in front of the hometown crowd and in front of uh, a lot of guys that, that you know made a lot of commitments towards towards my career were were there that day. But that that was 2016. That kind of propelled me to to get a full time opportunity the the following year in 2017. And um, yeah, just uh, been been a been a been a really cool ride and been fortunate to uh, to to win some races along the way. And uh, there there's times you, you get frustrated like 
like every everybody does in, in anything they do. Um, you know, there there's certain things, you know, wish wish we could change and, and stuff like that. But overall the Trek series is a, an awesome series. Um, very good schedule, uh, very good length of races. Um, wish it was a little bit easier for us for us to pass sometimes. I feel like we, we rely on, on a lot of aero, uh, a lot of momentum racing. But uh, but man, it, it's it's very very special to to be part of the truck series, and and I've uh, I definitely loved it. This past season, you finished second in the points, had three wins. Tell me about your your 2023 campaign, because uh, because you, you were right up there in contention, had a shot to win the whole thing, and ran so well all season long. What was it like this past year? Yeah, overall we we had a good year. We weren't as consistent, I think, as as in years past, but we we had speed. Um, feel like when when we did our job, we could contend for wins and, and feel like we we did that. Uh, so very very proud of that. Um, you know, I feel like we made some huge gains from from 2022 to 2023, and uh, put ourselves in in position, and um, you know, really feel feel pretty good about you know how how we we raced uh, most of the playoffs. So there's still. A little bit of frustration on, on some of our, our little errors uh, throughout the season, but I feel like we, we did, you know, for the most part, what we were supposed to do there in the playoffs and and uh, gave ourselves a chance. You know, going into Phoenix, I uh, feel like we, we unloaded kind of way off in left field. Um, we were able to, to get it a lot better through the course of the race, and, and really after the first pit stop, I, I feel like we, we had a, a good truck, maybe not a not a great truck, and um, – Put ourselves in in position there to to you know potentially come home with a championship and uh, you know with a few laps to to go just kind of uh, chaos ensued and and uh, ended up having having three or four overtime uh, you know starts there and, and and got caught up in in some of the mess went to the back came back and uh, and, and and ended up finishing sixth in the race and and second in, in the in the standings there so. Uh, definitely uh, disappointed with with how that turned out as far as the race, but the effort, um, the group of guys that, that we had, and, and the focus that they maintained all year was was very very good. Um, feel like we had a lot of distractions with our team shutting down at the end of the year. Um, that that you know, uh, guys could have lost their focus. You know, we we could have beat ourselves, and we, we didn't do that. So I'm very very proud of that, and 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 proud of of, you know, overall the, the trucks that we were bringing and, and how much of an improvement we made from 2022 to 2023. But, but yeah, definitely, um, you know, uh, definitely the, the fire still burns and, and, uh, and, and want to get that, that one spot more there next year. Well, you hear a lot of times too, Grant, when there's a, I don't want to use the word lame duck season, but when it's a situation like that where a driver's leaving or a team may be shutting down and you hear about these distractions, if you could just share a little bit, at least from your insight and what that situation was like over those last few months in 23, and you hear oftentimes of how those situations are a distraction. Are those distractions and things, are they more like an internal thing with the team or is it all the outside stuff with people asking and the media? Is it a combination? Is it something else? Like what, what, what is that whole situation like, at least from your perspective? There's so much going on in racing all the time and it, it is changing so quickly. Um, I feel like for, for me, I'm, I'm 38 years old. I've been racing, you know, most of my life. I'm used to the ups and downs. I've, I've had the rug pulled out from under me. I've, I've been on top of the mountain before. Um, I've kind of rode all those emotions um, quite frequently. I'd say more frequently than I want to, um, but I'm kind of used to that. 
you know, I feel like everybody on the team has a job and, and not everybody is on that same roller coaster. I, I feel like, um, but this year they, we were, you know, we were all on that together. Um, it started pretty early in the year when, when, uh, uh, you know, GMS and legacy motor club, it, it decided to, to change manufacturers at that point, you know, kind of the rumors started swirling and that, that was very early in the year. So, um, there was a lot of uncertainty going on. Um, and then, you know, I, I think it was, uh, three or four months be before the end of the season, uh, they informed us that, Hey, we, we're going to shut down at the, at the end of the season and, um, feel like everybody at, at, at the team handled that the, the right way. Um, feel like everybody did what they were supposed to do in, in that situation and give everybody a, a heads up, Hey, that, that you need a job next year. But, but yeah, that, that does, you know, affect guys. It affects everyone. Um, but I feel like from from the leadership on the organization and the team standpoint, feel like, uh, you know, it came to light. And, and uh, we had a pretty experienced group on, on our on our truck last year, too. So I feel like all that, you know, just made people dig in deeper. But I've seen it go both ways. I, I've seen guys fall apart um, the first time something bad happens after a situation like that. And I, I've seen guys uh, bind together. So proud, proud to say our, our group bound together. And um, didn't didn't let us affect us. Um, feel like we put in the the, the same effort uh, regardless of, of of what was going on outside, and and didn't let that noise get to us. You had a couple stints with GMS Racing. Uh, what are you going to remember from the organization and working with the uh, the Gallagher's and and everything that endured in your career there? Yeah, that's my first big break. That was uh, my first time going into a, a fully funded. Uh, championship caliber team in the Arca Series uh, went over there halfway through the, the 2014 season and uh, Spencer Gallagher actually got out of his car for for me to get in there so um, you know just uh, a you know pretty special uh, opportunity uh, for for me to, to do that and, and then for me to to leave and and uh, and, and race for another team uh, for five years and, and then come back and and, uh, and, and, and win some more races and, and uh, maintain a, a good relationship. I'm very, very proud of that. And, and uh, yeah, just thankful for that opportunity. And, um, man, incredibly thankful and, and excited for, th for this new opportunity and this new chapter in my life with, uh, with CR7 Motorsports. Uh, Cody Roball, his, his whole family, I've, I've driven for them uh, again a couple years ago. Uh, we've, we've been friends for a long time. Uh, I feel like we've been more brothers uh since since i drove for him and uh man just excited how how all this is has come about there was uh just a lot of talks with a lot of different teams going on for for I feel like three or four months and to to be able to put this together uh to be able to to, to get the support we need from from chevrolet uh from champion power equipment and to be able to uh, attract the guys that we need on this team is uh something i'm proud of uh, it's something that you know, I've never been on the the the, the side of this. It's it's putting together a deal. I, for the most part, I've been sliding into to organizations that are already established, that that are already race winning, championship caliber teams. Um, and here I'm I'm helping build one up. So something I'm I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I feel like it's it's gone very very well to this point. I feel like we're uh, we're we're putting together uh, the right people in the right places and. And I'm uh, really, really excited about 2024.
You got to make your first career cup start this year for uh, the the folks there at Legacy Motor Club. Of course, the Gallagher's involved there. Uh, what was that like of getting to hop in a cup car and, and and experience that for the first time? And could we see more cup racing potentially in your future? Yeah, that was definitely um, kind of a, a whirlwind few days for for myself. Uh, I think uh, as a race car driver, you, you always love to to get opportunities like that. It was um, happened to to be unfortunate for 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 Noah. He had uh, suffered some concussion like symptoms. had a, had a really bad wreck at, at Gateway uh, the week before. And really, um, I didn't know too much about it till till Tuesday. Uh, Mike Beam brought me in the office and said, "Hey, we we might want you to go out to Sonoma just to to be on standby, um, you know. So so just maybe maybe uh, you know clear your calendar to to see if you can do that. And and then on Wednesday afternoon they said, "Hey, you know you you're gonna be you're gonna be in it." Um, so couple of days to, to prepare for for a car I, I had fortunately been to Sonoma the, the year prior to that in the truck so so I had had a few laps uh, around Sonoma um, but if if uh, they were going to say hey Grant you get one cup start where's it where's it going to be it it probably wouldn't have been Sonoma for me okay. it had probably been uh, one of those tracks with left-hand turns and and, uh, and and not a not a road course track like that but I had a had a great time uh, you know just Felt, felt like I was in college again, cramming for an exam, um, just trying to, to learn a, a new process. Uh, but once practice start, started, I had a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was definitely different than I anticipated, but um, they, they drove a lot different than the truck. Uh, they shifted a lot different. They had a lot, lot different power bands, um, braked a lot a lot better braking in a straight line. You, you can't turn much wheel though and, and maintain any, any braking threshold. Um, but just enjoyed learning a, a, a new craft and, and overall feel like we, we did what, what the task was and, and able to, to, to bring it home in, in uh, I think 26 there. But, but overall just, just had, had fun doing something that, that I hadn't done before. Kind of a two-parter here and this kind of leans into that cup experience years and years and years ago, 2011. Take us back there, too, because you had the opportunity to try to qualify for your first cup race. 2011, I believe you were 26, 27 years old, Seneca Motorsports, 93 car. And, and unfortunately, the car didn't make the show. But what was that experience like, too? And, and maybe a comparison of how that car drove to the cup car in 23. Now, granted, that was a left-handed track at Homestead, but similarities, differences, and and, and maybe that, that experience that you got to pick up there at Homestead. So that experience uh, that you're talking about in 2011, to, to that point, from age 11 to that point, I never turned an opportunity down. If anybody said, hey, do you want to drive this? It was yes. It was always yes. It didn't matter if it was safe, if it was fast, if it was slow, anything. Uh, that was a life lesson, not so much a racing lesson, but a life lesson is you got to trust the people you're getting involved with. So um, to this point, that's probably been the, the biggest mistake of, of my career. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think you, you, you live and learn, um, but, but you got to surround your people with, surround yourself with, with people you can trust and, and uh, you know, put a full, put a full fledged effort, no matter what the budget is, no, no matter what, what you're up against, it's got to be a full fledged effort. Otherwise, I don't want to be involved with it. Um, so since since that day, there's there's been times that I've actually told guys, no, you know, I, I can't do this opportunity. I wish I could, but I can't. Um, but but that point, everything before then, it was yes, yes, yes. It it didn't matter if it was a 
a slot car, a, a go-kart or, or a cup car, I, I was doing it. And yeah, just, um, you know, the, the race results was, was one thing, but, but just to, from a, from a whole standpoint, I, I, I look at that as, is a mistake in, in my career, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's a, a good or bad trait. You could, you could probably ask my wife, she'll probably tell you it's, it's a bad trait, but uh, I'm, I'm pretty stubborn, pretty hard-headed. Um, wasn't going to let a, a, a failure like that stop me. And, um, this has been my dream for a long time. It's still my dream. And I, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm one of those, those individuals. It's truly blessed to, to be living my dream right now. So, um, there's been a lot of stumbling blocks along the way. Um, some things were, where, you know, I think you, you, you take a knife to a gunfight and, and you do the best you can with it. Um, other, other situations like that, you, you try to learn from. Sure. And all the racing you've gotten to do, Grant, Trucks, Xfinity, Cup, you did get to make some Truck start, truck Series starts rather against the namesake of the show and David Starr. So I'm just curious what memories you have of David, some of the on-track stuff. It's always fun asking our guests what experiences, interactions they've had with David and what comes to mind when you think of that. Yeah, so I, I've known David for a while, so I, I'll talk to him when we when we go to the track together and, and stuff like that. And uh, he's he's always been one of those guys. You you always know he's from Texas, right? He's uh, he, he wears that on his shoulder as well. Um, but yeah, I remember watching him when when I was a kid and watching him win a race at, at Martinsville. Um, I I believe that was with Red Horse. Um, but yeah, I I, I remember uh, David and, and had had an opportunity to 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 meet him. Uh, when when I was trying to maybe maybe make my first uh, truck series start as well, so so yeah, he's always one of those guys. It's uh, easy to talk to, and and everybody gets along with David. Oh, yes. Well, and David shared a story here too, and I'm I'm going to be paraphrasing some of it, but he made sure he wanted me to bring this up with you before we do wrap up here in a little bit. But I guess you can fill in maybe some of the gaps that I'll miss. But I'm guessing it was some time ago that the track and and mobile was going to be reopening. And there was a young woman, I think she'd put on Facebook, and I want to get her name right because David had said the name was Gina Schaub, that she had put up on Facebook that they were needing some people to come to the track and and, and just help. They were going to provide a meal, but they wanted help with painting and anything that just kind of loose odds ends around the track to get it back up to par where it needed to be. And that, Grant, you showed up and you helped out three, four hours and, and nobody even knew you were there until after you had left. So David made sure he wanted me to bring that up with you. And just, if you can fill in some gaps on that day. Yeah. I, I didn't know uh, David knew that, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, that, that happened a few years ago. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up in Fairhope, Alabama. Um, I, I kind of shared a home track with, with, with Mobile and Pensacola there. Um, Mobile is unfortunately is, has been struggling for, for a few years um, now maybe it's it's on the rise again, uh, but yeah, Gina was 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 trying to make the most of it with the track and uh, yeah, honestly relying on volunteers to, to try to help the stands there. Um, I I love that track. That that place has always got a special special place in my heart. Um, puts on fantastic racing as well. But uh, but yeah, the, the facilities uh, need some work. So so yeah, we were out there. Uh, uh, putting some some two by twelves in and and fastening in some uh, some lumber so so some guys could could have a place to sit so yeah just um I I don't know if I, I make a habit of that stuff but you know anytime I, I'm home I, I I definitely try to try to show my appreciation to to uh, you know the the, the tracks and and everything that that has been such a big part of of my career so so yeah I, I did not realize that, uh, that that David knew about that. Hey, David's got sources all around the country. Isn't that right, Tyler? 
Oh, absolutely. Definitely. So, uh, great story there. Grant, uh, we mentioned coming off the second place finish and the season you had, new team and everything. What's kind of your goals for 2024 here? Is it, uh, is it about getting that championship? Uh, I know it's a new team at all, but what's kind of the mindset entering this season, man? A lot of changes, and in, in my eyes, a lot of improvements are going on with, with CR7 Motorsports right now. So um, I, I feel like uh, when, when I raced for those guys a couple of years ago, I feel like we, we could we could run in the top 10 uh, pretty good. Uh, we, we did have a, a, a one or two top five runs there. Um, but I, I felt like we were a ways away from from being able to contend for wins and to be able to to truly chase a, a championship. Right now, we're putting in the foundation to win races and to to contend for a championship. Can I say we're we're going to do that right off the bat when we get to Daytona? We're we're going to have all our all our eyes dotted and T's crossed. I, I don't I don't know about that, um, but I, I do feel like we're putting all the all the key people in place feel like we're getting all the key components that we need to win races and to contend for a championship in year one. Now, whether whether all that Joe is right, whether we can make uh, – this is all about people. It's all about getting people to work together, to buy into the system. But there's also a lot of resources uh, that, that we need to, to utilize from, from Chevrolet and, and to be able to, to, to learn from that and to be able to – use our sim and to be able to measure all our parts and to be able to use these these resources that are necessary to, to win races now. So we're we're getting the foundation in place right now. I, I really couldn't tell you whether it's going to be race three or race five or race 12 before we get it all figured out. But I, I do feel like we're going to get it figured out this year. Um, and I, I feel like we're, we're we have the, the resources, we have the commitment um, with 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 Cody and, and with everybody at CR7 Motorsports, Grant County Mulch, that the entire family is behind this operation. It's a long-term commitment. And um, and yeah, I feel like the sky's the limit. I'd, I'd love to say that we're going to contend for a championship this year. Uh, I feel like it's definitely capable. We're definitely capable of that. It's just a matter of making all of us, you know, work together and utilize these tools and sometimes it takes a little while for, for stuff to gel. Sometimes it happens pretty quick. So hopefully we can do it pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have been working on some really good stuff in 24. I, I think, Todd, before we hear the end of the year roll around, I think we'll hear about Grant getting victory lane a time or two. Yeah. Yeah, certainly so. Uh, definitely going to be written on Grant uh, here in 2024. Uh, got a little bit of time left. Uh, so as we're kind of wrapping up here, Grant, uh, just to kind of – let people inside a little bit here. I know we've gotten to know you a lot, a uh, bit. We've talked a lot of racing here, but uh, what is one thing the uh, the folks at home may not know about Grand Enfinger? I guess the one thing everybody asks me about at the track is uh, is my pig. We uh, we we have a straight pig named uh, Wilbur. I shouldn't say he's a straight pig. He's our pig now, but we picked him up as a stray. Um, I don't know if that happens a lot in Texas, but uh, evidently <laughs> it, uh, it 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 happened to us in Canapolis. So. We got a got a, a a pet pig named Wilbur. Got a got got two kids. Got a got a a boy named Carson who is two years old, um, and little baby Caroline who is nine weeks old now. So have a toddler and a and a nine week year old. So uh, not much sleep going on here right now. Um, but but overall, just uh, like I like I mentioned twice before, uh, I'm a, a a guy that's truly living my dream. I, I enjoy this stuff. I, I love racing. 
I love uh, I love the the commitment that it takes. I I, I just enjoy these opportunities. Um, but I also do want to speak a little bit more about about the CR7 um, Motorsports. I want to I want to just mention uh, Michael Sheldon, who is our general manager, who, who used to run Turner Motorsports uh, back in the day, um, who also ran Athenian Motorsports. Uh, he's he's a guy that that I've known from out. He's an Alabama boy. I've known him for over ten years. Um, he's he's a big reason of of why I'm here at CR7. Um, and then also we, we were able to attract Jeff Stankwitz to, to be our crew chief this year, who, who, uh, is who I won the ARCA series championship with in 2015, who also won another ARCA championship and a truck series championship with, with Sheldon Creed, um, brought my longtime, uh, engineer Dan Tamani over to our team. He's, he's been my engineer for, for over five years. Um, a longtime mechanic, uh, who's, who's a really good friend of mine, uh, Jim Pierce has, has come over to this team. Uh, George Stone, who is also on our ARCA championship winning team in 2015, has, has come along with us. And, um, and man, this from a people standpoint, I know I, I kind of mentioned, mentioned it in a general standpoint earlier, but from, man, these, these people that I, that I, that I named off are, are a big deal. It's, uh, it's something that, that I, I feel like is a, is a huge asset for us uh, going into 2024. Uh, while this is basically a, a renewed team, um, the, the, key, the key individuals we have on this team have, have got a lot of experience and are, are very, very good at their job. So uh, I think that sets us up for, for success. Dominic, a pet pig, that sounds like dinner. <laughs> that's probably what he said. I don't know if they do that in Texas, but that's probably what, what might be going on in Texas. That, that's what I'd imagine, right, Tyler? You can attest to that. You live in Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh yes, yes. I, I love me some bacon. Uh, yeah, but no, we'll, 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 glad the uh, the the pig is uh, making for a great pet. Uh, Grant, as we're wrapping up here, where can people uh, find you and follow you and keep up with uh, all you're doing, man? Pretty easy, uh, and I know you're getting to, to social media, but come find us at the racetrack. So that that's where we we love to, to see all our, our all our people. Um, we do a, a really good job. I, I feel like with with our friends at Champion Power Equipment. Uh, we we ride around the the campgrounds and, and find a lot of campers at at uh, most all these these tracks that we go to. A lot of times the uh, the, the CEO of Champion Power Equipment is is with us on, on some of those journeys. Um, but but yeah, on on social media, just at Grant and Finger on, on Twitter and, and the same on, on Facebook. So try to try to do the best I can to to update everybody about what's going on and um, yeah, even even better to to, to see at the racetrack though. Awesome stuff. Grant Enfinger joining us this week at Let's Go Racing. Grant, best of luck in 2024. We'll talk in down the line. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Enjoy. Time for our news and notes segment with the latest headlines around the sport. Dominic, take it away. Well, with NASCAR news and notes and motorsports news and notes, we always bring you the latest news and happenings and, and sometimes a little tape delayed here on the show, but still worth revisiting. And certainly we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the three-time late NASCAR champion, Kelly Yarborough. Kelly Yarborough passed away on New Year's Eve, 2023, after a battle with a, with a disease for a while. And Kelly Yarborough, you look back at his time in NASCAR, racing since he was 18 years old to in his late 40s and winning 83 times, winning three championships, the first driver to win back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back titles, 1976, 1977, and 1978. NASCAR... The NASCAR community and the Arboro family lost a legend 
a great person and a tough competitor. Somebody even had the chance to go play professional football. And from talking with other people too, Tyler, he, he was into boxing. He was a boxer. So you knew he was tough. He had grit. And one of those just good old boys. And Kelly Arborough, certainly his presence throughout NASCAR, he will leave behind a great legacy. And Kelly Arborough was 83 years old, 84 years old. Dominic, uh, Kale was obviously uh, around before our time uh, as a racer in the sport, but just the the resume and the impact, I mean, I, I think of Kelly Arborough among right up there with the all-time greats. Like, you can't bring up Kelly Arborough without mentioning, you know, Darrell Waltrip and, and yeah, the likes of Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty and – uh, Lee Petty and and all the, the great legends of, of yesteryear. Kelly Arborough was right up there among the best of the best with, with you know, with Bobby Allison and and all those guys that Kale was among the elites. Oh, he absolutely was. And he tried his hand at car ownership and won one race as a car owner. He won with another legendary last name with John Andretti piloting the number 98 RCA Ford to Daytona's victory lane. I believe it was the summer race in 97 that they got that done, or it might have been the race that got pushed back to October. But nonetheless, it was the Daytona 2 race that he got that done. But I think, too, when you look at Kaylee Arboro and, and the toughness, okay, there's something to be said here, too, because you think about when a driver steps away from full-time racing and they start running one-off races or partial schedules. Kaylee Arboro ran partial schedules, I believe his last six or seven years in the Cup Series, Tyler, he was still winning, not one-off events, more than once, two, three, four races a year in his 16-race schedules. I think there's a lot to be said about that, about a driver in the twilight of their career, mid to late 40s, winning races, still running at the top of the game, Terry picking what races you want to run. I think that set up the stage for drivers like a Mark Martin, who got to run part-time. We got to see the competitiveness of Mark Martin, and I think – Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Mark would have a guy like David Pearson or Kelly Arborough to think on that, that they, that they proved. You can run a partial schedule. It can still work. You're running for wins. You're competing. And Kelly was very competitive in all aspects of his career. He finished top 10 in his final start. Yeah. Um, we mentioned the resume. Won the uh, Daytona 500, uh, Southern 500, Winston 500, Talladega 500. Uh, held the record for most – uh, polls in the modern era, 14 in 1980, also was the uh, Grand National Series most popular driver in a 67 um, NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee back in 2012. Um, how about that run he had from 76 to 78, winning three straight championships? That record held for a long time until Jimmy Johnson won five in a row. Uh, and ultimately ended up finished his career, his uh, you know Cup career with seven championships. That that was that was the gold standard for the longest time. Uh, Dom was that three in a row that Yarborough had in that run from seventy six seventy eight. He had something that Dale Earnhardt never did, that Jeff Gordon never did, or Darrell Walter or Richard Petty for that matter. And I, he might have said, I, I'm paraphrasing here too, but that records were meant to be broken, and Johnson did that five in a row. And, and I think for a long time, nobody thought three in a row in NASCAR would ever be touched. Jimmy Johnson, he shattered that with five in a row. I'm saying now, I don't think anybody will ever win five or six in a row again, but that's further down the road to be decided. I don't even know if anybody will win three in a row again, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, especially with the format we have now and the one-off race that decides the championship. You have to be good at one race, but you have to be good in those 35 races prior. A much different format. But 
Kelly Arbor and what he accomplished there is certainly a, a big legacy with NASCAR. You can't tell the story of NASCAR without Kelly Arbor. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else we got, Dom? In 2024, competing full-time in the NASCAR Truck Series against Grant Enfinger and Lane Riggs will be Ty Dillon. Ty Dillon will be making his return to the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series with Rackley Ward. The team announced last week that he will be piloting the number 25 Chevrolet Silverado for the organization. Ty Dillon had spent the last two years full-time in the NASCAR Cup Series, racing most recently with Spire Motorsports in the 77 in 2023 and with Petty GMS in 2022. Ty Dillon is a five-time winner in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, hasn't won in multiple years, but that could soon change. That team did win at Talladega in 2021 with Matt DiBenedetto. DiBenedetto ran the team or ran the trucks, the team's primary truck for two years before being cut from the ride a few races short in 23. So Ty Dillon potentially bringing stability to that ride. Yeah, it brings funding with him too. Uh, I know that was a big deal for Rackley War uh, to have that. But you look at a guy like Ty Dillon here. I know that he didn't have the success he wanted at the cup level, but Last time he was full-time in trucks, he was pretty solid. Finished second in points, uh, you know, several years ago. I think that was back in, uh, like, 2013 when he finished second in points. Um, if if they have the equipment, Ty Dillon can compete for a title. There, there, there's no reason why he, he can't do that. I think this is a good fit for both parties involved here. I feel bad for Matt Benedetto, and we don't know his plans just yet. Uh, but at least for... Ty Dillon and for Iraq the world, this I think this is a good fit between the two. Definitely. And you got a proven winner. You got proven winners on all sides of the aisle here. You have a team that recently won in the truck series as recent as 22, Talladega. Ty Dillon's won in this series, not just one off, multiple times. And of all the three series that Ty Dillon has had at the national series level, the truck series would be where he's had the most success. Cup just hasn't been there. Xfinity, you're he'll top 10 you to death, but just not going to get up and lead laps. We might see Ty Dillon go up and run in the top five in a lot of these truck races and lead laps. I would not be surprised, Tyler. The other thing that comes of this, uh, what in the hell is going to go on at college racing now? Because what we had heard was that A.J. Allmendinger was going back to the Xfinity Series because they were going to go bring in Ty Dillon, that he had some funding. Obviously, that's not happening now. Um, with Ty Dillon going full-time in trucks, and there's no announcement yet on those plans uh, for that car. We know Daniel Hemrick's going to be full-time in the other car. What uh, is that team going to do at this point? We know that A.J. Allmendinger is going to run the Daytona 500 for the 16-team, try to rally off another top-10 finish like he did this past year. But it looks like it's going to turn into an all-star car again, Tyler, where you have colleague pick – Handpicked drivers are going to run the 16. And I heard rumblings that you might see Ty Dillon in that car. Josh Williams could run some races in that 16 as well. So you never know. I just I think that will turn into an all-star car for the meantime. And I think it will boil down to who has the almighty dollar and who brings the funding to run some of those races. Well, I, I think, Dom, that it's a step back for that team that they're not going to have a full-time racer, that they're not going to be able to compete for – a driver's championship, but if the last two years showed us anything with college racing, this isn't easy. I know that they say they're trophy hunting and all that, but these things don't happen overnight. I know it was awesome what Trackhouse and what 2311 did to get good as fast as they did, but college racing, they, they, they just got some big work to do, and I, I, I think this is a reset for them to, to try to get that organization right. 
Yeah, and and you know what? I think you, you win a, a race in a partial schedule in 2021. They were even a charter team, and they have this all-star car like they did in 22. I, I think teams are still trying to figure out the next-gen car. They did look really strong. They looked very stout. I think we can all agree that they were probably the most disappointing team of the 2023 season. Justin Haley didn't make Even with a win. They didn't get a win? What was the no, highlight? No, they did get a win. AJ oh, got, got the win. Yeah, oh, yeah. AJ Allmendinger got the win. Justin Haley came close at the, the Chicago race, and that was the only time we really heard of him the entire year. He seemed like he was non-existent. And, and, and going a little Justin too Haley hard. point, too. Um, a lot of people wondered, why is he leaving for Rick Ware Racing? And the way we saw what's unfolded with Colleague and what Rick Ware is doing with the, this alliance with RFK – it, it looked like Justin Haley knew what he was doing before anyone else was. That ultimately was the right decision. Exactly. It looked like a lateral move, but it might be a promotion of the fact that they have the RFK resources, Roush Fenway, Keselowski. Haley's making a good move, and of course time's going to tell on it, but it seems like the 16 team and colleague racing altogether, on the cup side at least, is going to have to regroup. They have that veteran, veteran leadership back with A.J. Allmendinger in Xfinity, and that will help with SVG and what they've got going on there too. But cup, it's anybody's guess. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a mess for that organization right now. We'll see ultimately what they do, uh, but uh, still got some work to go on that front. You mentioned SVG. Speaking of him, uh, got some news on his front as uh, we know that Dominic, uh, his first year in America, full time racing, he's got a lot going on and already adding to that plate. We're already adding to that play. We know we knew he was going to run the ARCA debut opener because in order to run the full Xfinity schedule and be cleared, NASCAR wanted to see him run the ARCA race. Well, we know one step closer that he'll be running that ARCA race opener with the Pinnacle Group. And the Pinnacle team started in 2023, and they ran the 28 car in the ARCA series last year. But no word yet if he's going to be driving the 28 just yet. But we know the team has announced. The second year organization, SVG will be getting his feet wet in the ARCA race before he fully dives in later that day with the Xfinity race. Uh, Dom, this is, to me is the most intriguing outside addition to NASCAR since uh, probably Danica Patrick and Juan Pablo Montoya. I think that's as big of a deal SVG brings with him already winning at the cup level and his personality and how likable he is and uh, with having experience actually on on opals and such too, uh, I, I'm very intrigued. I got high expectations for SVG. To me, I, I'm as much interested in this uh, a, as I was probably back to Juan Pablo and Danica here. Well, let me ask you this, Tyler. You were there at that Chicago street race. What was the hype around? Because I know there was a lot of hype already that we were going to have him run the race. And, and just we've had a lot of F1 guys run throughout the year, too. So there was already a lot of buildup. But what did you witness with that? So the Chicago race weekend, even before he won, what was the hype around bringing SVG in the first place? Was it a success even before he hit the track? Yeah. I mean, people were trying to learn how to say his name, you know, <laughs> and didn't figure that out till about halfway through the race. So that was a big deal in itself. But I think he caught everyone's attention when he led that practice session in his first time ever in a cup car. And I remember our buddy Jonathan Feld said he might actually win this thing. And I remember telling him, like, there's no way in hell. You're crazy. He's not going to win his first career start. No chance. And Jonathan was, was right. He called it for anybody else did. Um, but yeah, I think that's when everybody stopped and paused, like, okay, this guy's good. There is something about this guy. And then to go compete the Indy road course and have a good run like he did and, 
And even that truck race he ran at IRP, uh, you know, he he held his own and looked fine out there. I, I think people are genuinely excited. And, and credit to Trackhouse now, like, when they started this thing, it was about growing that cup organization, right, and getting those cup drivers and and everything. Now they got a good development program. Zane Smith, SVG. I know there's questions about the future with Daniel Suarez, how much longer he'll be there. But uh, now they got a foundation like Trackhouse, and uh, we've heard their interest now in MotoGP potentially, and try to make that a bigger deal in America. Uh, Trackhouse isn't slowing down here. They're 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 going all in. They're they're building. An organization, not just a cup team. They're building an organization. It's a brand. Oh, it's totally a brand. It's totally a brand. When when you have Pitbull, who's your team minority owner, naming his next album Trackhouse, this is totally a brand. It's brand engagement, brand awareness, the Trackhouse brand. I think Dale Jr. was saying the closest thing we have to getting behind and rallying behind a team would be the Trackhouse team, the Trackhouse brand, because it really does feel more like a team and an organization than necessarily for the individual driver. Well, and, and the MotoGP thing, I think, is fascinating, too, Dominic. I mean, you look at MotoGP, I, I turn it on when, when it's on from time to time. Very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Very interesting series. But I'll be honest, I couldn't name a single driver in MotoGP. No one knows their names. I happen to get lucky when I find it on TV here. But if I knew more about it, if I had a reason to root, I'd probably watch more MotoGP. Trackhouse might be able to bring that to the table here and bring life to a a whole new American motorsport for the, the country here. I was already somewhat interested in MotoGP because there's a there's a classmate I had here, small town connection here, Grants, New Mexico, went to high school with her. She's dating one of the racers. I, I like you. I couldn't name the racer, but I remember meeting them at Las Vegas. They're friends with Tommy Joe Martin. And I feel like that interaction and this track house thing is going to make me even more interested in watching some of these races. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's see. Is that, is that all we got there? Are we on the mailbag time? That's all we got in the mailbag, yes. All right, time for uh, this week's mailbag. Uh, send in your questions to us each and every week. David Star Podcast, gmail.com, facebook.com slash star podcast, x.com slash star, uh, star underscore podcast. Uh, you could find us there. And uh, our first question of the inbox this week comes from Miguel. Miguel wants to know, Guys, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Dominic, we'll start with you. Good question, Miguel. I would say oh, I want to be a nicer person. I just want to be better. Think we can nicer get... person? You're 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 a very nice person. What are we talking about? All that? I don't know about all that. I need to be. I, I I'm the talk. asshole of this show, not not you. Well, maybe, well, that is that is true. But off the show, I'm an asshole in other parts. I'm trying to work on that. I want to get better at being more committed to to working out and eating healthier. That's that's definitely on that, and just. Pray the rosary every day. And that's something I fall short on doing. So stuff, stuff like that. And then just like some hobby stuff. I want to work a little bit more on learning like guitar scales and piano scales. So those are some things to to, to try and work on. And then overall, just try to, to let things go. I tend to not necessarily hold grudges, but I, I think I can hold on to some stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to do better on just letting things go. I have learned, Tyler, life's too damn short to be pissed off and bitter. I've learned that lesson over the years. And, and the older I get... It really is true. There's no need to hold grudges or harbor any hard feelings. Life's too damn short. I like that. That's good. Um, I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I I think we all should be trying to get better every day. I will say, Dom, like, I am fired up about 2024, though. Like, I got some exciting stuff in the works, and uh, I know you do, too. And, 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 you know, just 
from personal growth to professional growth and all that, like I, I'm, I'm very much intrigued just about what this year is going to bring and changes and all sorts of stuff. Like uh, I, I'm excited about 2024. So I, I, I put it that way. Uh, speaking of 2024, that leads us to uh, our next question in the mailbag. And uh, this one comes from Catherine. Catherine wants to know, guys, who do you think is going to have a breakout season this year in the Cup Series? Dominic, we'll start with you. Ah, good question. A good breakout year in Cup. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll roll the tapes back in in November. See how right or wrong I am. But I, I think two guys stand out on that question, Tyler. I think the, these two they were in the same rookie class, and they're entering their third year in Cup. And I feel like it's probably a make or break year for both of them. But I feel like we're going to see a lot more out of them now that they've ran this equipment. That being Todd Gillen back at Front Row Motorsports and Harrison Burton with Wood Brothers. Now, I'm not saying Harrison's going to get win 100 for Wood Brothers and Todd Gillen's going to make the chase, but both those guys run really well on road courses. They ran really well at the Super Speedways. Is a 8, 9, 10, top 10 season out of the realm of possibility for those guys? No, I really don't think so. I think that would be, in a sense, a breakout year for guys like that and, and, and maybe not necessarily qualifying for the playoffs, but... If you can up to where they've been, what, 29th, 30th in points, if you can get to about 21st, 20th, 19th in points, double-digit top 10s, to me, in my opinion, Tyler, that would be a breakout year for two guys like that. That's what comes to mind for me. How about you? Uh, a name to watch for me, a breakout season. He had a very good rookie campaign, made the playoff his uh, his first year, and had a bit of a down year last year, but we know he's got talent. He's very good on plate tracks and road courses, I'm looking for Austin Cendrick. I think Austin Cendrick, I mean, he's he's had an organization that won the championship last year. And Joey Logano's very good. Ryan Blaney's very good. They're the number three team, and they got to hold their weight. They got to start doing better. And I think this is going to be potentially a very good year for Austin Cendrick. I could see him getting to victory lane a couple times. The thing I like about Cendrick, too, he's not afraid to be aggressive. If he has to move somebody out of the way, He'll do it if he needs to. And sometimes that's the difference between winning a race or two in NASCAR. Uh, we've seen guys like Ross Chastain maybe do it a little bit too much. Uh, but I think Austin Cendrick potentially could make some noise in the Cup Series this year. What do you think about that take? I, I think it's pretty cool that we all picked drivers that were a part of that same rookie class. And, and those three actually all finished top five in that IndyCar, or in, not IndyCar, Indianapolis road course race, all in the same race, rookie year. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one more final question. Paco wants to know, what if SVG finished second at Chicago? What would the trajectory look like for everyone? Um, I would say, Dom, like that would have been very impressive. And the main thing was that he was on Justin Marks's radar. I think it would be the same exact situation. I think he'd still be coming to the U.S. and doing this Xfinity thing and all that, like, because – the number one person that he needed to get the attention of was Justin Marks, and he successfully did that. I don't think the hype would be as big. There'd be some excitement, but the most important thing was he already had Justin Marks' attention. I like that point. I think, I think there's some truth to that. And I think, let's say he finishes second to Justin Haley. Does Haley stay at Colleague Racing? They say winning fixes a lot of problems. When you can win, that overlooks a lot of shortcomings and some flaws. Maybe we see Justin Haley still with that team because he was still on the fence at that point. Is he coming back? Is he going somewhere else? As well, I said behind closed doors, the decision was already made before that race. So it was made before that. 
But not public, right. Not public. Okay, I did not know that. I think you learn something every day. So, okay, that would have complicated the waters a little bit. But SPG finished his second. I still think to some degree we'd be seeing what he's doing this year. Maybe not a full-fledged schedule, but working in those road course races and still running. Because he still had that one year left in his contract to run the V8 supercars in Australia. I could have seen that being a lot tougher of a sell to try to get out of your final year group contract but maybe run a few more cup races, select Xfinity races, probably some road course heavy events in 24. That would be my thoughts on that, uh, Paco. Yeah, because while he may have already had Justin Marks sold, there's more people involved in this, Don, because you're talking about the colleague organization on the Xfinity side and potential truck teams and then sponsors and all that. Yes, he had already Justin Marks sold, but that win also – convinced a lot of other people beyond Justin Marks. I think so, yeah. There's, like, as they say, winning solves a lot of things. And there's so many people connected in this sport. One domino falls, 10 more are going to fall. And whether it be through connections or or putting in recommendations or people wanting to be involved with something, SVG has a lot of people wanting to be involved and invested in what he's wanting to do. Yeah, yeah, he does, uh, for sure. Uh, Dom, a lot of fun talking to uh, Grant Enfinger tonight uh, on the show. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in 2024. Oh, definitely, definitely. We've had some two really good guests these last couple of weeks that are running full-time against each other, and they're going to be fun to watch. The Truck Series is always fun to begin with, but to to see where these two new guys are, their two new rides, yeah, we're bringing on 24, Tyler. we still got six, seven weeks to the Daytona 500 and Speed Weeks, but it's just it's getting more and more exciting. Dominic, uh, what you got going on uh, this week, uh, man? Yeah, just continuing on on the professional stuff, covering the sport, the racingexperts.com. And Jonathan Field and I are keeping the, keeping the wheels turning and just kind of seeing what's out there. And, of course, doing the show with you guys and just continue on this book trajectory. And, yeah, I, you, know, you guys have been big supporters on that. And thank you guys for all the support to the listener and, and, and all the people that have been encouraging me. Hey, when's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? I still don't have the answer on that, but it's looking like early February at this time is the promotion on it. And, and we'll have more information on, on how you can get a copy of it. But Jeff tells all of it. He tells the rest of the story. And, and like I've told everyone since the beginning, he could have picked anyone. He picked me to help him tell that story. And I'm very honored and I feel very privileged to be able to play just a very small role in helping him tell all of it. You better not have had any grammatical errors in this book. Don't make oh, we have so many people, Tyler, go back and forth on it from, from Joseph Wolken, Bill Norris, Richard Sanders, all these people that have gone and helped us behind the scenes. And then the, the people at Trilogy going through it, man, you know. If, if I hope scenario, you know how to use yeah. my form of your. Oh, funny story. My first business card in high school, it said your source for NASCAR news or your source for motorsports news, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Darn me, man. You're going to you're gonna be a reporter and you have that mistake on your first business card. Yeah, that's great for credibility. Funny enough, similar story on my end. Uh, before I was finishing school, uh, I was at this uh, journalism convention. And on my resume, I had something misspelled. I can't even remember what it was. But uh, Boris Sanchez, who works for CNN, friend of mine uh, still to this day, uh, he was reading my resume and he called me out on it. He's like, really? Why, why do you got this misspelled? You're going to take this employers and you got misspelling here? I'm being very blunt, but being honest, like, you know, like he was looking out for me. And uh, and then I came back to him later and I said, hey, I just want to show you. I, I got an update. I got it fixed. And we've been friends uh, ever since. And he's been a great guy. So, <laughs> uh, 
always appreciate people looking out, you know, and and, and all that. So great what stuff. What do you got going on, Tyler? What do you got going on the next few days? Uh, very busy here with uh, the final week of the NFL season, final week of the regular season. Um, and uh, the college football playoff national championship Monday night as well. So I am football, football, football uh, over these next few weeks with the uh, Super Bowl uh, coming up in just over a month from right now. So that's where my focus is at. But everything is good here, and we're off to a great start to 2024. Dominic, a lot of fun today. Uh, David will be back uh, here next time on the show. Big thanks to Grant Infinger for stopping by. Uh, and you, the listener, for joining us as well. Subscribe to the show. New episodes out each and every week on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. And uh, hit us up on social media, facebook.com slash star podcast X uh, at star underscore podcast. And then uh, also on uh, email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. For David Starr, Dominic Allegan, and Brandon Pickard, I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks so long. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.